What is going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim is back. I am back. I did that third person. That was weird. I don't know if that was a stroke talking or not, but I'm back. We're ready. It's going to be a good week. We're here for the Mexico Open, as usual. I am here with my favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you this week? I'm doing very well. More excited now that you're back. Like you said, I love that you're playing off it a little bit. I'm sure we'll get the story here in a minute. But before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by DraftKings. We'll have a very special offer for you guys a little later on when we get through going to the DFS tiers for the week over on DraftKings. And then, of course, FantasyNational.com. Head on over to FantasyNational.com slash FGD. Get yourself signed up there. 20% off your first payment of whatever package you choose. Good time with more majors coming up and everything else going on. Use some of those stats here and talk about it for this week. And of course, all the great narratives we have to go throughout. But Kenny, you're back. Excited to have you back. Definitely missed you, man. A lot of people reached out. So I'll let you speak to it. But definitely want to personally thank everybody that reached out. You know, even when you were sort of just going through it in the beginning, had a bunch reach out to me personally. Looking looking forward to hearing from you, man. Yeah, so I guess, I don't know if you've been listening to the show or you've been on the the, uh, the tweeter. Uh, I had a mild stroke uh, about on the Sunday. Uh, no, it was Saturday night of Ma- of the Masters. Um, so what had happened was, you know, I you know I was I was you know off that week, and you know I was at a, you know I ate some stuff, and I, you know late that night I went to go um, take a shit. I take a big shit. All right, and so you know, it was it was tough. It was tough. I ate a lot of like nuts and almonds and shit like that like throughout the day not that much fiber so it, it was rough going uh you know on on that toilet seat so, you know i gave him my all i was like ah! you know i gave him my all uh to get it out there i looked like that one meme of that kid with like the 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 uh the blood vessel popping out the top of his head right um and so after i finished i really i get you know, all of a sudden like really really bad headache on the right side of my head i was like well whatever and i went to bed it was late in the morning um uh, it was early in the morning, uh, you know, on Sunday morning, probably went to bed around three o'clock, woke up around, you know, I was depending on waking up around 11, catching most of the masters. I slept through that. My alarm woke up around two or three and I couldn't see out of my left eye. Uh, so, yeah. So, so I, I couldn't see, couldn't see and my right eye was fine. Uh, I tried to think back what happened. I was like, oh yeah, I strained when I took a shit. Uh, so I had to go to the hospital, uh, told them what was up. I uh, was admitted into the hospital. They did all these tests, all these crazy ass tests. First off, let me talk about the hospital. It's a racket. Uh, before I even get into that, let's talk about like the tests that you got to take. Like when you walk in, like who, I'm sure most people, I don't know, a lot of people have probably been in an MRI machine, right? Yeah. What I don't understand is like, it's 2022. Why can't they make an MRI machine more comfortable? It is literally the scariest thing I've ever been in in my life. I've never even been in one before. Like, so you go in there, you go in the MRI machine, and it's just like the loudest noise you could possibly think of in your life, screaming in your ears, and like you can't move like anywhere, you know. And it's just, you're in there forever. Like it's 2022. Can't they make that like a little bit better? Especially with the amount that we pay for these hospitals nowadays. That's just crazy. Uh, and like the hospital time was really fucking shitty. Like I'll tell you right now. You know, the, I got in there, got the test. They're like, okay, you had a stroke. I was like, okay. Uh, and and they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll just keep you here, see how you're doing. But they never really told me like how it happened, what I, you know, I, I'm sort of guessing. I told them what happened and they never said that's the reason why I had, I had the stroke. I'm just, it's sort of a guess still. I'm still no word on like exactly if that caused it. Okay. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with, you know, I'm not the most healthy guy. You know, you, you, you go on to Twitter and you're like, Kenny had a stroke. Not that 
shocking. Not that shocking, uh, if, if you know how I live, you know, my life, which is okay. And, and the thing about this is like, you know, you know, I would take that, you know, you know, if, if you have, if you drink too much, if you smoke too much, you know, you know, lung disease, uh, liver problems, uh, if I eat poorly, um, you know, um, heart conditions, you know, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, all that stuff. I mean, you know, that would be the normal thing, but to lose your vision, to lose your vision, that shit fucking sucks. Right. You know, you're doing all this stuff. And, and the thing about it is like, I would have, you know, so I basically, I got to quit drinking, got to quit smoking, uh, you know, all that stuff, at least for a little bit till the vision comes back, eat a little better, uh, you know, and I probably would have done somewhere close to that if it was just like, you know, you're, 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 you're something wrong with your heart, something wrong with your whatever, but like your vision, losing your vision is scary. Uh, so, so, I mean, I have to do all this stuff and, you know, it's been a little tough. I've been smoking like one cigarette a day. Uh, now here's the thing though. So I get to, I'm, I'm at the hospital. Uh, and the only symptoms I have is that left eye problem and then, you know, a really bad headache. Right. And so, you know, they don't do anything to help the left eye. They're like, you got to go see a specialist for that. Once you're done, I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll do that. Uh, and then for the headache, this is where hospitals, I'm not a big fan. Um, so I was there for a couple of days. They put on, they, they tried different types of medications. Finally, they used some type of medication like Purisol or, or something like that that goes in your IV. And then, you know, okay, and also, okay, if you're listening to this right now, I'll give you a heads up. Uh, you can pause it. If you're not, if you want to hear just golf stuff, pause it, go to uh, the timestamps and go, go ahead because this might take a little bit of time. All right. So I'll tell you that right now. Um, and so, uh, you know, th- these hospitals, you know, I finally find something. It's like a, a drop that they put in their IV. And, and so, you know, my headache gets better, right? And so, you know, you know they, they, I'm, I'm about to leave out of there. They prescribe me all these medications and stuff like that. And like, oh, what are you going to give me for the headache? They're like, we can't give you this because this is just like a hospital type deal. So we'll just give you some oxys. I'm like, oh, what? You're going to give me oxys for fucking headaches? That's what you're going to do to make my shit better? Uh, you know what I'm saying? It just seems lazy to me, you know? And, and like, it just seems like a racket. To me, like, you know, all these insurance companies, pharmaceutical companies, the hospitals, the doctors, they're all in cahoots. It's like it's like the five families of fucking healthcare. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like it's literally like the mob. Um, you know, they run shit uh, and you can't really stop them from doing anything. So what they're doing is, you know, they're giving people these fucking oxys to leave. And then, you know, they go home. I have a pretty addictive personality. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could probably see that already. And I'm sure other people do. And they go out and give you these oxys like they're fucking candy. And you leave the fucking hospital and you start taking that and you're addicted to fucking painkillers now for a fucking headache. You know, that shit's fucking crazy, dude. That's insane. Uh, like, like how they go about putting out your um, putting out your your prescriptions and stuff like that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's not like they're trying to fix your problem. They want to see what the problem is, see what caused it. And then, you know, maybe make as much money off of that as possible. It's basically what it comes down to. And they don't really want to heal you. Um, I, I don't know. It, 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 so it's because the thing is, when I got home, okay, so I got home, I don't want to be popping oxys for all my headaches. So I ended up taking, uh, I had my buddies, they all came through with these little nice little gummy edibles, you know, like 100, these are 10 milligrams. But I, my buddies came in and brought the 100 milligram THCs and all that stuff. And I took one of those, and that was fine. Headache was gone. Headache was gone. 20 bucks for a six pack of 100 milligram, 100 milligram THC gummies for 20 bucks which will last you six days. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the headache's gone. The headache's gone. 
Uh, it just it doesn't make any sense to me how how that shit works. It, it really pissed me off. Um, and, you know, and, and thanks to my buddies for the gummies. You know, uh, the thing is, these things are pretty incredible. Uh, I've been munching these like candy because they are like candy, which is something else you could think about because you look if you look at this on the YouTube, I mean, it looks just like a kid's candy box, like like a thing, right? Where you kids can get their little candies, whatever, you know. And so, I mean, this is going to cause a problem if it already hasn't, hasn't with some kids. Uh, so, and, and I need this shit. So, you know, they need to figure out some way to market this so it doesn't go to kids. Make it like all black or something. So we don't get this way because this has been a savior, a savior for me for the last two weeks. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, really, I, I, I haven't even seen specialists yet. So, I mean, I'm just going day by day, not really knowing what to expect. And that's after spending three days in the hospital. Thank God for this. I, you know, I, it's crazy. I was thinking the the uh, the onset of these edibles that you can get. Um, I don't know. I was really stoned one night, and I was thinking, okay, once again, timestamps. You want to go ahead? Go ahead because this is going to be a while. Um, I was thinking like what this has done and what can, how it can change healthcare, and that's the way I was thinking about it. But I was like, there's different ways about thinking about this. Like, you know, when you were a kid, you had these things like not THC, but like these gummies and stuff. And you'd be at a picnic and, you know, you'd open the side. There was no Ziploc. You eat a few at a picnic, leave at the picnic table. You come back like, you know, two hours later, just like a swarm of ants was up in there. Right. There's a swarm of ants. I wonder how the edible game is going to affect ants. I, I, I know this is random. I, I know this is random. But like, like, like you, you know, imagine being an ant. And you see, like, one of these bags of, like, you know, THC candy melting in the sun in the picnic. You know, you, you, you're an ant. You look, you're like, oh, shit. It looks like, you know, dinner right there, right? You call your boys up. You're like, yo, yo, we got this bag of fucking candy on the on the picnic table. It's open. People aren't around. Let's go get some of this shit. Let's grub the fuck out, right? We call the queen and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then you call your boys. You get, you get them all. You, you go up. You know, you, you you slurp up on some of the melted candy. <clears throat> and then, I don't know, these shits are so strong nowadays. Most of them probably die. Uh, you know, I just imagine trying to do that. I don't know why I was thinking about that, because I took three of these before the pod started, and I'm stoned by now. But that's probably why I'm thinking about that. Anyways, so because I strained and take a shit, I lost my vision, which is the, the, the shittiest thing in the world. Like, nowadays, when I go and take a shit, I've been taking, like, hour and a half shit just sitting there and just calm. Like, trying not to, like, push anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've just been sitting on there. Because, I mean, that's scary. I mean, people, how many of you, Tam, do you strain when you take a shit sometimes? No, I haven't gone to that level yet. But I'm well, I mean, I, well, I mean, I haven't either. I mean, like, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was that crazy. I've, I've done it before. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, but so, when you describe it as like the GIF where buddies like things are bulging out, I definitely have not gone to that. Level yeah, I might have been over exaggerating there. It was still you know a strong pull, you know, but it wasn't okay. like it wasn't okay. Yeah, it was pretty strong. It, yeah, it was, it was pretty strong and out there. Uh, yeah, so just avoid doing that, guys, if you're out there. But anyway, so I mean, like technically, I'm feeling better. Um, I don't have the, the full sight back I, now. I know I have to quit drinking because it was back really good on Friday. Um, uh, it was like 95%. And then I was like, oh, cool. So I had a couple of drinks. I had some drinks Friday and Saturday night. And then I <coughs> woke up Sunday <coughs> and like I couldn't see again. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to have to quit drinking. I'm on the, the road to quit smoking. Um, and this is all until the site comes back. 
mind you. Uh, and then I have to eat better uh, and do all this crazy shit. Now, you know, I was planning on doing that anyways. Uh, after going to the hospital, I've already cut back a bunch on cigarettes. Uh, but the shitty thing is, you know, that's another shitty thing is like right when I get to the hospital, start doing all this work, you know, four or five months ago, going to the doctor, getting checkup, getting tests, doing all this, start taking medications for this and that. And then this shit happens. And the 15 years before where I've never stepped foot into a doctor's office or a hospital, I was straight. Uh, yeah, so that, that, that's a little weird conspiracy theory uh, type deal right now. I don't necessarily believe it because, you know, I'm just, I just got older uh, is what I think it would happen. But you could look at it that way. Um, but anyways, like, you know, I didn't watch any golf. I haven't watched any golf in like a couple weeks. I could barely read the laptop screen. Uh, I do have a, a little bit of a course preview, but not as detailed as usual. I should have not started on a new course. Uh, I had to do all that, uh, but I'm back. Uh, there shouldn't be any issues. Uh, you know, I, it's just a little bit weird trying to get this uh, site back. Actually, right there, I just blinked and it got a little bit better. So that was strange. So, so shit like that's happened to me all the time. Uh, so uh, I, I don't think there's anything to worry about. We should be good to go. But again, I'm not even fucking sure because the hospital doesn't tell me shit. They just said, you got to go to another doctor. And then that doctor said, you got to go to another doctor. I signed up for an appointment for a vision specialist, a uh, stroke vision specialist. His next appointment date available, December 4th. December 4th is the next time that I that he has time for me to go. I'm going to see a stroke specialist uh, next week. So hopefully he helps. Uh, and we'll see what he says from then. Uh, but anyways, I'm good. I'm back. I got no problems. Uh, maybe not drinking. Uh, no more drunk Kenny, at least for the next few months. You just get stoned Kenny. Uh, for the next few months, which is which is hard because I, you know, I've told this in the past. Uh, I've been really high one time on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. That was the Tony Finau McDonald's challenge. I thought, you know, I thought it would be like a performance enhancing drug to try and finish that whole mess. And that was the most difficult part I've ever done in my life because I was not, and not because of the food, because I was just high as a fucking kite. And like, it was just impossible to like speak correctly. At least that's what I thought in my mind. I'd go back and look at that and, 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 and listen to it. I was fine, but I didn't feel fine during the pod. I feel fine now. I'm only at about 30 milligrams right now. The headache is not that bad. Uh, so if you see me popping them, then you know the headache's coming back. Uh, but do, I do appreciate all the shout outs, uh, all the worries, all the friends, all the posts. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. We're good to go. Let's get back on track for this golf shit. Yeah. And we're happy to have you back. Like I said, I'm very excited to get back to it with you. A lot going on in the story. I definitely appreciate it. I, I don't know much about ants, but I do know when uncle Kenny comes up to Canada, we're going to have to hide those gummies from the kids because like you said, those little gummy bag. Candies yeah. Around. I mean, look at this, man. Yeah. I mean, I have other ones that are like hundred grams here somewhere. Hold on. Let me find <laughs> this other one here. They literally look like, I can't see, so that makes it difficult to find shit. Anyways, I can't see it. Anyways, so I, I don't know. It, it's sort of risky, right? I mean, doesn't this look like just shit that your kids would find and just eat the whole fucking thing? Oh, yeah, thing? I think so for sure. Right? I said, we'll, we'll hide those why, when you, when you come why, up here. Why would you do it like this when you, when you have such a good thing? Why would you want to ruin it? Why would that industry want to ruin something like this? You know, by making it, like, so kid-friendly. That's so fucking stupid. Anyways, all right. Anything else about that? You got any questions? I'm oh, good. I'm good. I'm good. good. 
Yeah, you're good. I thought that was going to be a lot of funny, but it's in terms of the serious. Um, let's go ahead and talk about what? What are we talking about next? I forget. I uh, Zurich, real quick, because we are going to do the listener league for the Zurich. We'll talk about it real quick there. It was a good week, actually. I, I know we didn't do a show for it. I, I said this. Uh, Andy Tambo, Lack, so, so Tambo, you won like you won like another 20 grand, right? How much you won, like 50 grand? No, no, something 20, like that. 20 something, 24 20 grand. Something, another five, another five figure. The last time you won a huge amount, I don't think you were on the pot either. It was the same. Yeah, Mayo brought this up. So a lot going on here. Mayo and I are going <laughs> to talk about it later in the week. We've got a couple shows planned, but uh, you know, the Wednesday live show chat, we're gonna do a little bit of an evergreen strategy show. But what I was saying, so Andy Lack did a podcast. It was a great one. You guys should go check it out. Inside Golf Podcast. He did it with Degenerate 75. They took a week off from, from content. I did. A bunch of people did. You did for other reasons, but you, you wouldn't have done it anyway. We weren't doing, we never do the Zurich Classic. And what I was trying to say, and I respond to him on Twitter, I said, I love the show. I thought it was great, but I just want to talk about this for two seconds because I thought what, one thing that was interesting was like a lot of people were like, week off, we need to take weeks off. And I think it was a great week off from doing content. Because the content is boring. It's a, it's fake narratives. It's all, oh, they're both Canadian or they're all oh, Chileans and all this stuff. And you can talk about whatever. You can try and integrate stats as much as you want. Some do a better job of it than others. I'm okay with that. I don't do it because I think I'll do a horrible job of it. It's just making shit up. But what I did say is I said, I disagree that it's a week to take off from daily fantasy because I think those are the weeks when you could get your biggest edge. If you're using game theory and everyone's basically out there. So there's not much content. So less content equals more groupthink equals lazier lineups or more roster or like ownership congestion. It just means everyone's going to the same stuff and it's easier to find your pivots and know where the field is going on a week like this. I still think it's another conversation to be had. It's going to be you know fun to go through it and have our chances. I still think we will see some congested ownership at the Mexico open, but when the field is this large and there's so many guys that are basically the same dude in every range, it's, Still okay from an ownership perspective when you can track it down, but there's just more to figure out. Last week there was only 80 teams. I thought it was a good spot. It turned off to you know turned out to pay out okay. I uh, had a much better chance down the stretch. The the double edged sword, Kenny, of having a team where you've got the leaders winning by five going into Sunday. They just don't need to really put the pedal down. They almost had to. Horschel and Burns tried to chase them down, but you know a lot of things laying up. They're just not going to go for it in a lot of spots. So I didn't get the most out of that team. I got an Eagle from them, but a bunch of four foot missed putts from Xander along the way. That's a story for another time, probably, but uh, Xander pulls off another, uh, a win that's not a stroke play event. So, uh, you know, I saw even Kyle Porter, CBS posted out today, you know, what's worse than the Xander Ricky being called one of them who, who actually is getting the, the brunt of that. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's pretty bad for both. Probably Xander's much younger. I think he's a, a better talent, especially now. Ricky, was always seen a little bit as overrated. Obviously, that wait, wait, wait. Win. You, you comparing Ricky to Xander now, even though Xander's won. I mean, I know it was a team event, but he won. He won. Oh yeah, they're, they're talking the Olympic more gold so medal. People, people making. The I, come on, I know. there should Stroke be no, play events. no Stroke play be, events. There should be no count on that. Yeah, I am. I mean, I'm with you. I'm on the Xander side firmly. I'm uh, just saying. I no. think that that I don't think Xander is as good as all the counterparts around him currently that are good golfers. Right when we start comparing some of those other names that, that would be in his range of the official world golf rankings. I'm taking almost every guy over Xander, most likely every guy. I don't have it up in front of me, but I definitely don't think he's nearly as good as all those other guys. And let's say the top 10 or 15, 20, however far back you want to go. So uh, a story for another day, just interesting to see the team event, the other side of it from the player perspective, because it gets talked about for this week and last week, just my two cents, just no one cares probably, but just to say it, like it is boring. It's absolutely the worst golf to watch. I think it's, it's so boring. It is a fun week just to take off and go do your thing. You don't have to watch golf. 
every week if you don't want to. It's there when you want it. If you want to have a sweat down the stretch, it was boring even with a sweat. I had a sweat for 100K and I did not enjoy it because the golf was so bad. But what I'm saying is, you know, I said this to you pre-show, for those guys, they literally get, it's probably cool to them. Like they get one shot per year where Willie Z can say, man, I fucking suck at putting, but I'm one of the best ball strikers in the world, literally. Davis, my boy from back in the day, I think it's a great idea for you and I to team up. They're probably doing it anyway, but he's actually a pretty good putter at times. Had his chances down the stretch at the Valspar with Sam Burns. But either way, they can just say, let's pair up and try and win this thing and make it happen. Some of the other, you know, in the mix, Rye, Lipskies, like there was a bunch of cool, like Higo Grace. It's just an interesting, fun event for them. And they probably don't give a shit what we think at home, even though the, the viewership and us being involved drives that, you know, moves the needle. Look, we all still fucking bet on it. We all still went heavy on things into the event. Like, so it was still there. It's just not as interesting from a viewer perspective. Do you have any thoughts or take on just team events or the, the weeks of the year where it's not as exciting, but these guys still need their chance to get their cards and I mean, get their I, stuff. I told, so I told you I'll put some juice in this event, at least on Sunday afternoon with the, the, the winning team. You only get one card. You don't get two. So, or, so, or only so, one team, one teammate can get the one teammate comes yeah, with it. You get the exactly. money. You get the trophy, but all the yes. exemption stuff, you got to go yeah. to the playoff for it after. So, so imagine if two people didn't have their cards for the next two years or on the same team and won, like a Rye Lipsky, like you were saying, right? Uh, and, and they won the event. I would want a three-hole playoff, again, for those two, for the card, for yeah. the card. Do they and get I the would, FedEx uh, Cup points? Do they get the uh, FedEx yeah. Cup points? They, they get everything except the car. And they got to play off for it. So we find out who really dragged who. They, they got to play point. off. And then, and then, you know, even if it's one person has a card, and one person does it for next year, I still want them to have a choice. I want that guy to be like an asshole who has his car, be like, fuck, I'm going to take you down, and you can't come back. You know, I'm just tour ever again. <laughs> I just want more juice like that or something like that. I like, like it from any perspective. Thunderdome, PGA-type shit, you know, like knocking been, people's uh, careers out of there. And like, you know it's going to start beasts. You know I, it's like, going to start mad beasts. I, I like tour. a three-hole playoff regardless, like because we're all saying, fuck you, X, can't lay carried your ass and lifted you across the finish line, let them play off, like you said, for three holes to see who really carried who in this event. Who's got the juice when everything's on the line for a final three holes? You won already, you get this, but let's see who really carried who in this event and who's got the I, I mean, game. I mean, technically Xander doesn't have his card locked in, right? I mean, he's going to get it, but he's, he doesn't have exemptions for next year, right? When was the last win? It was a while ago. Follow it enough, like, to, to know. Uh, for yeah, him, but- yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I mean, he's going to get his car no matter what. The guy's a uh, top player. He's going to make the top, whatever, one. I think the bigger thing for me was with but. Cantlay, like the week before the RBC Heritage, because I know you weren't watching a lot of golf, but you probably at least saw this, like Spieth got him in the playoff. And that's just crazy. because we, we didn't have a pod last week, but just to talk about that for two seconds, like what is it? Scheffler, Bryson, Spieth. And one other person, I forget who, anyway, the, the playoffs that, that Cantlay has had to go into, and he won two and lost two now to this point, the last four for him. But like everyone was kind of done with him before RBC Heritage said like he sucked. It was only like a month and a half before that. He was crushing everyone month and a half before that. He was like player of the year and winning everything else. And <laughs> like he's done. And now he goes off and loses in the playoff, comes right back the next week and wins handily. So I think his game is just fine. Maybe for Xander, the interesting topic is sort of you and I, uh, way back when, Kenny, when it was the, the original Rom Palmer, right? Where we kind of got on the fact that they not only played well together and won the Zurich, but they then started to play well. Did at Palmer play courses. with Scheffler? Did Palmer play with Scheffler? He did. Yeah, he, he did. did. 
But, you know, remember how after that win, it sort of rejuvenated Ryan Palmer and we started to see more out of this guy. It was like a weight off his back, whether it was Rom. Same that shit happened with Cam Smith. Cam yep. Smith, right? Wasn't this his Great first point. win on yeah. tour? And then since then, the dudes, you know, he had his card. He didn't have anything to worry about. Go out there, just ball the fuck out is what he did. X-Men, X-Men for a major, maybe. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see whether I know the, the general public on golf Twitter won't love that. Everyone sort of has this hate besides the few out there, right? We know there's some Xander truthers for sure, but we'll see. Uh, I definitely think it could, there's something to be said for it. They'll get in that W and, and get a little bit of confidence out of it. I just don't know how quick we'll see it play out, but it's, it's good for them. The event, like I said, pretty boring overall, happy to win some money and move on. I understand why they have to do it. And this week's no different. This week's field is horrible but it's all the names we know because we play DFS every week in fantasy golf. So we, we understand it all and bet these guys and whatever. So I don't know. I'm fine with it. I just think you should still from a playing perspective, put, put your time in on these weeks because so much of the general public and the casual player, uh, the contests are still filling. There's still huge money. A lot of people aren't putting in the work on these weeks. And a lot of the strategy and stuff that's talked about, like on that show that those guys did a great job on Andy Lack and Degenerate 75, again, inside golf podcast, check it out. Great show. But everything they said is like why we should play this week and last week, in my opinion, and apply all that theory when others are just saying, oh, I'll just play the guys that, uh, you know, Mayo or Rick game and guys that we know, respect, do shows with everything. It's nothing wrong with what they're doing. It's just it's leading you to that path of taking the easy route out and playing what they say versus digging in and finding out who maybe you should play and try and find a leg up when everyone's playing the same dudes. So it makes sense to me. Um, I lost you halfway there because I'm pretty fucking high right now. <laughs> I'll be honest with you at this moment in time. Do, do you have the listener league? Have had... the question. No, I didn't play the listener league last week. I haven't played. Jack I got it up. Uh, I'm going to run you know, through it quickly and then we'll get to your course preview. Just so you're ready. Give you a few moments here. Um, who day winning. So he's been around tagged us oh. on Twitter, had a big week. I think uh, the ROI was huge. I think it was like 89 bucks or something into like 900 or 39 bucks into 900. Like he, he just, crushed with this lineup. So the lineup was uh, Burns paired with Horschel, Gooch with Homa, Zalatoris with Riley, who we talked about, Kisner with Brown, obviously a great history here. Shank with Duncan, they went off uh, pretty solid at 1%, 1.2%. And then Redmond and Ryder, who almost scored as much as, I mean, they were third, so understandably, but they just scored so well across the week, 138 The Redmond Ryder team sounds like a birdie triple bogey machine. <laughs> which is what pays in this event, right? That was the thing on Sunday. I had Keegan Bradley and Steele, and it was like the front nine, they had one par. They had they had a bogey, a double bogey, a eagle, birdies. And then on the back nine, they went like five in a row with birdies, including a 40-footer from Steele, a 30-footer from Bradley. And then, of course, Keegan Bradley misses a five-footer for six birdies in a row. But it's okay. It's just those little things down the stretch. But I like this team from Houday winning. Uh, got them into the... Tournament of Champions, we will get them into the three-man this week. Interestingly enough, and this was the same sad time for me, the, the winners did not have X and Cantlin. Like the 555, first and second place, did not have X and Cantlin. I had the best X and Cantlin team, and it didn't matter. And then same thing here, 712 points, next closest 701, shout out Fantasy MD, and then TK Nation was 689. Like it was just, you didn't need it. With these cheaper guys, the way roster construction worked out, uh, Sam Burns and Horschel scored so well. And then a team like Redmond Ryder for just 7,100, putting up almost the same score as guys like Burns and Horschel. So shout out to who they won it winning. I know they had a pretty big week overall for themselves and winning the listener league as well is awesome. All right. Sounds good. Let's get to this week. 
Uh, I actually did, didn't realize it was a Mexico. didn't realize it was a brand new course, uh, but I ended up still doing a course preview. It's been really difficult for me to actually like look at a computer screen all day. Uh, and so the headaches are starting to come back here a little bit. So bear with me. Uh, and then you're thinking about this um, tournament. So let me, let me go ahead and get this started. The PGA Tour heads back to Mexico for the Mexico Open from Vedante Viarta. Uh, I, I'm going to have a really hard time saying that. I'm going to call it the double V. Double V. Double V is a 7,500-yard par 72, uh, uh, three par fives, five par threes, and a drivable par four. Greg Norman designed course. Should be a scoring paradise uh, as long as the wind doesn't go crazy. Uh, Resort-type course uh, by the water. Could have some wind. We'll see how that goes. Uh, the tour recently played another uh, Norman course, uh, which was the Valera, which is the TPC San Antonio, a little bit different. Uh, that one's more of a closed, not much water, a lot more trees, not as open. So I don't know how much you can really compare about those two. Uh, the one thing I will say is Aussies tend to play better, play well at Norman courses. Uh, there have been different um, Australian golfers talking about how it reminds them of courses at home. And that makes sense. You know, Greg Norman's Australian. So that's just something to think about in their total narrative. Uh, but, you know, when you come into a week with this type of field, you know, Sometimes you go a little bit higher on the narratives. We'll see, unless you're t- unless you're Tyler. <laughs> Tyler won't don't take those na- narratives down there. Now, um, uh, the tour. Uh, now, you know the courses that I've been hearing that this is similar to would be Cocoa Beach down uh, at the uh, and the uh, Corrales down there in the uh, Caribbean for the tournaments that we do down there. So those could be uh, comp courses when you're t- thinking about looking at that for this event. Uh, now, off the tee, golfers are going to see, you know, large, open, wide fairways without much trouble surrounding them. Uh, this and the length of the course should lead to this being, you know, a bomber's, you know, you're going to see a lot of driver off the tee, basically, is what's going to happen. Because it doesn't seem like there's that much stopping uh, people from pulling out the big dog uh, when they look up on a tee box. Uh, you know, greens and regulation, you know, oh, I'm trying to read this. It's getting really hard to read for me. Sorry, guys. All right, so green and regulation percentage will be decided by uh, the wind. You know, if it's, the wind is light, golfers should have target practice on these slow pass pound greens, which are going to be about 11 or less on the stint, which usually have some, you know, give to them and aren't normally rock hard. Now, if you're, it's going to be windy, you're going to have to move up a little bit uh, around the green play in your model. Now, once again, so it, it just basically seems like a wide open course. Second shot course is what it's going to look like. What are you looking for in golfers this weekend? Mainly a lot of what you just said, but I think, uh, you know, the narrative side of things, it's good at times. I just like last week, for example, was like, you know, it was nothing to do with really anything besides like, oh, they're, they're from the same country or they, they should know each other. They should have played well together. And then you like hear a team like Svensson and Hadwin for, for where they were a fine play. They're, they're two guys that definitely play good golf and could pair together based on Svensson being a really good ball striker. Hadwin can make some putts for him, maybe things like that could line up but the point was more it's funny like it came out after the real narrative was one of their caddies was like well they just met recently and they thought it'd be a good idea they both have callaway gear like these narratives are very very wet like super sad so uh, i would never go with that and and that's ones that i can't get behind i love a good narrative the callaway gear narrative well that's what it kind of that no one said that it was funny <laughs> oh. that that was like literally the only narrative that could be associated but besides the fact they're from canada and you and i talk about this all the time I make fun of it because people make fun of me being in Canada. They're like, Oh, I know a buddy up in Canada. I'm like, Oh really? And they're like, yeah, do you know him? His name's this. I'm like, I've never heard of him in my life. They're like, Oh really? He lives here. And it'll be like the other side of the country. And I'll be like, bro, you live in Florida. 
right? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, do you know my buddy that lives in California? They're like, no, obviously not. I'm like, it's the same fucking thing. I'm over here. They're over here. I don't know them just because we're in Canada. Like people act like there's nobody up here. So it's kind of funny, but either way, uh, for this week, stats wise, you said it, I think uh, definitely keep an eye on the weather as the week goes on. It can affect it, of course. But like I said, it's pretty wide open uh, distance scoring stats. Birdies are better. Eagles. There's a lot of par fives out there. Par five scoring in general. Uh, opportunities gained. We look at on fantasynational.com, right? Putting it within 15 feet and then being able to convert from there. So uh, all those stats. And then, like I said, we'll bring in some more stats depending on how the weather goes. But for the most part, it's going to be another week for me of just basic game theory looking at what people are doing, trying to find good pivots, put that together in my own way, and then see how it shakes out in the end. Yeah, I mean, the weather could play you know, like a huge factor if you think yeah. about it, because there are three par threes over 200 yards, uh, you know, so you're going to be having to put in a long iron on those, and there's five par threes total, which are you know usually tougher for the, for the pro golfers out there. Uh, and if the windy conditions, you're going to be playing, what, 20 par threes for the week. Yeah, that might be something to look at. Uh, you know, the majority of them are between 200 and 225 yards. I think three of them are, are in that range. And then, you know, you count the other three par uh, fives out there. You know, you're going to look at minimum six shots uh, using a club that, you know, you have to hit over 200 yards or more. So long iron play, I think, you know, approach play, scoring, driving, uh, distance, all going to be important this week. Yeah. All right. So before we get to these tiers, let's go ahead and let's pay some bills. The golf season is rolling along and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting operator of the PGA Tour, has a gimme for new customers. Place any golf bet of at least $5 and get $100 in free bets no matter what. You can bet a golfer to win, bet single round matchups, and so much more. As long as you throw down $5, you'll get $100 in free bets. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the PGA Tour action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Golf Contests. Draft your lineup of six golfers and compete for over $1 million in prizes each week. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code FGD, place a golf bet of at least $5, and get $100 in free bets, no matter the outcome. That's promo code FGD at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting operator of the PGA Tour. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's look into this 10K range uh, for this week. We're going, it uh, looks like Patrick Reed all the way to John Rump. What are you doing in this range? Any specific plays that you're looking for? Any definite fades? What's up, Tamil? I, I really like the two guys at the top as of now. Like, I think Rom, this is the thing about Rom. It's always going to be a decision. I already saw it today. Uh, plenty of tweets and things out there. Even myself posting it out, like at the Fortinet. Well, he was plus 300 and missed the cut. So I think that will get brought. I just, my, my thoughts are that obviously Rom is going to be extremely high owned 30, 33%. I, you know, somewhere in that range, I think we could easily see just because it's, you know, pretty obvious and he's such a big favorite, but I don't think he's going to miss the cut again. And I think there is a chance that his ownership stays in check at that 30 to 35% range. I know that sounds crazy. That's super high, but in this field, I mean, it seems like it should be more. And I think it could stay in check because people are just happy to move off and fade him bring up this fact that all these weak field events, he's actually done very poorly. in. so could it happen again? Could it be as Rom puts it a quote unquote fucking putting contest that he hates again, like that time, it definitely could be, and probably will be. So that could be a problem, but he also could just be the guy that brings up the rear, you know, comes in fifth or something and still in your lineup with all the scoring that's out there. So we'll have to wait and see, but I still think Finau is interesting behind him. I do like Finau a little bit more than answer, nah, and read down below. So as of now, really just considering those two guys at the top. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking looking at you know, Rom is hard, man. It's not like he's been uh, when was his last top ten? It's been like over a month and a half, two months yeah. uh, since his last top ten. It's not like his game has been exceptional. Uh, he did make that comment about you know a fucking putting contest. You know that, that quote: "These easy courses going to get in him, uh, get to his head." Uh, he's, I don't know. I think he might be a faithful man. Fino, I think I can see my favorite play. I know it's going a little bit against the grain uh, because it seems like driving distance would be important, but Kevin Na plays long courses fairly well. Um, he played pretty well at the, uh, the masters. He's had a couple of good finishes out there, longer course, wide open out there. Uh, everything else, like it's just in my model, just looking at it. Uh, it just seems like he could do pretty well. Lots of birdies. Uh, you know, you can put, well, the only problem he has is, going to be his driving distance he's really good on those longer par threes really good with his long irons um you know so i you know if his iron play is going to be that strong and he can make these putts on these past pound greens uh, i have no problem using kevin now and i think he might be one of my favorite plays in the 10k range yeah i don't hate it we we've been fans of him for a while now in the sense of that he can actually go out and win a tournament it, you know maybe not here i don't know we'll have to wait and see i don't hate your call though and i think uh one thing just to note quick before we get into the next range kenny just with stats this week like I'm sure your model, everyone that goes into fantasy national last 50 rounds. Like I always tell you this, I talk about it all the time on here where I take it to the last 50 rounds, but I also put last six months just to get a feel for it because when are these stats really coming from? And it is interesting to note, like 90% of the field doesn't have more than like 30, 40, like, you know, 30, 35 rounds for the last six months. So if you are just taking recent form for what it's worth, last 50 rounds could be some guys going back from last year for some of them. So I don't really think it's as a, you know, as a big deal as what you might think. So I'm, I'm looking at it a little bit differently there, but uh, certainly see that for me, Rom obviously pops across the board. So that's why, you know, besides the fact that he's the, the favorite for the tournament, you just see that and look at it like, okay, you're either in on him or you're not. That, that's what it comes down to with Rom. I think if you're in, you need to get like 60% and just say you're in on him and roll it out or even lock him. If you want, I think if you're out, I think you just full fade him and just say, I'm going to take other chances. And I think the other thing too, Kenny, we talk about it all the time in these events, these weaker fields, but going just not using any of the guys in the 10 K range is completely okay as well. This nine K range definitely has some plays that will pop in your model. Look pretty good from a betting perspective, numbers at Vegas, all that sort of stuff. So I definitely could see just building some lineups out. Even if you want to go 65% ROM, do the other 35% of your lineups with nobody above 10 K to be unique that way and make some of those lineups with money on the table as well, where it's like, it would have had ROM, but I'm just dropping it to Munoz and leaving the money and do it. And that way you'll get unique over the rest of the field. All right. All right. That sounds good. Let's move on to this nine K race. I'm going to go ahead and start with my first cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Munoz down here, you know, birdie machine, good with long irons, uh, you know, really good scoring uh, seems to be plays. Well, it seems to play these type of events pretty well. Uh, low scoring type of events where it's going to be a birdie fest. It seems like his cup of tea. Uh, so I do like Munoz as my first cash game cornerstone. Uh, other guys I like, I sort of like Cameron champ. He, I thought he played pretty well at, Matt, at, you know, at Augusta. And again, you know, he's pounding it out there. 350, uh, 360, something at this course. He's going to be at such a, you know, advantage with his iron play being so much shorter in. Uh, I think he could, this course type of course could be good for him. Yeah. I, li- I like some of those guys at the top. I think that's the interesting part. Like I bet wise, we'll get to it later. He's wise and champ are coming up as two very popular bets. Munoz just gets talked about all the time. And then, sorry, I should say this too. Woodland, who I also bet is definitely coming up there as well. So to me, this range is going to be used a lot by Woodland um, wise. And then some combination probably of like Munoz, Kirk, 
couple other guys in there. So I think you got to look to get a little bit different in here. Or if you're playing ROM, you can just completely skip this range. And so that's another way to look at things here. There's a lot of guys in the 6K range that are seemingly just as good as some of those low sevens. So I think that's an alternate roster construction strategy. But for me, looking at guys like, I mean, Kevin Knox still looks okay to me here across the board. Or sorry, Russell Knox, not Kevin Knox. He's right above Kevin Streelman. Um, I did not have a stroke, and I'm still having eyesight issues over here, uh, apparently. But Kevin Knox, he got the call up to, to the big leagues. <laughs> Kevin Knox. <laughs> oh, like, wow, man. when did that happen? I missed a lot of golf if Russell- that shit happened. <laughs> Russell Knox, I think he's interesting. Uh, Chris Kirk, I always like. Uh, Munoz, Woodland, they'll probably be popular, but I can still see fitting them in as well. Just seeing where what's we your go. Take on, what's your take on Woodland? I don't like Woodland on these long courses. I don't yeah, think I'm I'll play tell you this. I, I think he's probably, my, if I if I am playing someone who's chalk in this range, he's my favorite of them. I, like, I would rather Woodland's your favorite to play? Of the chalk, yeah. yeah I, I like of Woodland. the chalk, I'm thinking he's the one I think. Yeah, I think that, you know, I could see going there. For me, I'm betting him, so I'd have no problem doing that. But I think it's going to be like wise who's really, really popular here. And I'm just not sure when you've got all these other guys around them. I think there's still options. Even when you look at Fantasy National, like I said, you look at the guys that have the true rounds, Woodland, Munoz, Kirk, um, Wise only has 32. They've already, they've all got 36 or 40. So, and their numbers are showing better. So that just to me is a spot where if he's going to be the most popular, I, you can bet him. I bet him at 35 to one, Aaron Wise that is. And there's what guys that you can move off to here, like Chris Kirk, Russell Knox, even Brendan Todd, whatever you want to do in this range. And then Champ, if you, if you like him too. Yeah, definitely like Champ. All right, let's move to the 9K range. Uh, I got a couple of cash game cornerstones here, if I remember correctly. Yes, Lanto Griffin at 8,300. Uh, you know, solid iron games, made a bunch of cuts in a row. High on DraftKings points, lots of birdies. Good on with his longer irons once again. You know, if you, when you look at his um, uh, game, I, I think this is the type of game that he'd be all right with. One in where was the last uh, time he won? One in Houston, right? So, you know, you know he can get the W. Uh, so I like Lanto as my second cash game cornerstone. Third cash game cornerstone is going to be uh, Hubba Hubbard at 8,000. Once again, you know, surprisingly, you don't think of him as like a guy who makes a ton of birdies uh, with a ton of drafting points. But again, in the last 50 rounds, and you are dealing with, of course, what Tambo said, a lot of these golfers whose numbers don't go back, go back, you know, a, a longer distance. Uh, but I mean, in the last 50 rounds, Hubbard's what, six, uh, 16th in the field? In, hold on, it's hard for me to see once again, losing. Uh, there you go, six in the field in drafting points, you know, and really good on the long 200 plus yard par threes. I think that will be helpful, especially there's going to be five of them uh, this week. So those are uh, a couple more cash game cornerstones for me this week. Uh, who do you like in this range? I, I Other than that, I'm sort of uh, iffy uh, yeah. on this AK range. I think Hubbard is a good example to start with where, you know, we'll see, but just in the sense, here you go. So if you do what I do and go last 50 rounds and then break it down to the last six months, Kenny, he's actually like, he's way down in the model. He's only got 22 rounds. His stats are horrible. You go back to the Corrales, Punta Cana, miscut. You go to Puerto Rico, 38th. A lot of his numbers you're seeing, if you don't set up the six month buffer are because he got 15th at Honda, 22nd at Bermuda, 40, you know, 16th at the Fortinet, all this stuff that you're getting numbers brought in and he's going to be popular. So I could easily see moving to like a CT pan, a Chad Ramey above and below. And then just other guys in this range, Lanto will be a little bit popular. I like Charles Howell. I like Davis Riley to continue playing well. I think just in sense, he's not going to pop very much in models or any projection sites or anything because he's still so new, but we know he's a talent. So I like a guy like him, Aaron Rye, Doug Gim are two others that I think you could go to in this range. All right, let's move on to the AK range. Just go ahead. 
7K? 7K, 7K range. Yeah, upper, well, 7K range is not as big. It doesn't seem as normal, as big as normal. But uh, yeah, a couple guys for me. So Adam Long, been playing him a little bit more lately. You know, it could be a little bit of flop lag. He wasn't great last week, obviously, when people even played their team of him and Bo Hogue. So could go to him. I think Smotherman will be a little bit popular and so will Stalling. So looking at some other guys, uh, Rogers and Wu played pretty good last week. I could go to some Patrick Rogers here. Wyndham Clark has been playing some decent golf, JT Poston. So those are sort of three in that upper range. I like Alex Smalley at 7,400. Uh, Svensson will be popular. And I think there's guys around him too that you can go to like Grayson Sig. Tyler Duncan will probably get a little bit of love, but he's right there below him. And then other guys down below that are sort of in that seven to $7,100 range. There's just a lot of guys. And so this is one thing we talk about all the time too, Kenny, but in this 7K range, you just can't play everybody. The field, I should say, can't play everybody. And you shouldn't either. But my point is more, you can pick your spots here because not all of these guys are getting to 15% and above or anything crazy like that. So a couple that stand out to me, Nick Taylor, Chase Seifert, Joseph Bramlett, and then going down, like even... Um, Robert Strepp has been playing some better golf lately. So he'd be another guy that I could consider right at 7K even. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely an, a good 7K rate. I don't, I'm not saying good, but I mean, you're going to have to use a lot of these guys. So yeah. you got to try to find the good plays here. And my last cash game cornerstone is going to be uh, Scott Stallings at 7,700. Uh, you know, he has the length. He's had a couple of really top, fin- top, really good top finishes in the last month, month and a half that he's played. Uh, so I think his game would fit this. So my cash game cornerstones for this week are going to be, let me double check here. They're going to be Sebastian Munoz, 9,700. Uh, Lanto, I think he's 8,300. Hubbard is 8,000. Uh, 8, and Stallings is 7,700. So that's going to be, I think it's going to leave you a good amount left. I don't remember the exact amount, but 15 plus, uh, I think, left for that. So plenty of room left on for the rest of your cash game plays uh, other guys i do like in this range i do like the uh, Wyndham cart play i do have to say the length I, i'm going to push length as long and if you're going to go shorter golfers you know you got to be good with the longer irons but I, you know lanto or not lanto Wyndham with his putting and his um driving distance is intriguing to me um other guys uh tyler duncan of course was another guy i was looking at uh joseph Brandlett would be people that I would play as well uh, let's just go ahead to the 6K range. Tim, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, one last guy, 7,100. I just pointed out, he actually does pop for quite a like DraftKings scoring, Eagles, par five scoring, birdies are better gained, and those long irons. That's Danny Lee at 7,100. Just again, another guy I don't think we'll see get really any love. People don't want to play him very often. He withdraws. He does, you know, little things that are going to be annoying like that, but I think you could go to him there. So don't mind that. Going down here into the 68, 6,900 area, just there's a lot of guys, right? Like, uh, this range of Malnati, Shank, Armour, Hodges, Taylor, Whaley, Buckley, all those guys look to be in play here. couple that stand out for me. So uh, Von Taylor, Vincent Whaley, Adam Shank. These are all guys that I see that can score. Um, Von Taylor is more of a safety play, but you still do got to make a cut here. So I think he's the only one there for that reasoning. Uh, going down, there's not a lot that I love below it, but just to think of a couple here at the bottom, uh, Novak. We've played a little bit in the past. Hank Lebiota, these are guys that can score, so I think you could get on them. And then Dylan Wu, Roger Sloan, those guys down there can put it up. Kevin Tway, my dad loves this guy. Talked about that in the past. It might be a spot to go back to him here. I think, again, if you're just going to play the distance game and the fact that he can have a little bit of upside at 6,500, he might finish 35th or 40th if he makes the cut. 
but he could score in the top 25 or 30th and end up being that piece that rounds out your lineup. Not a lot once you get down 6,500 and below for me. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, I like the majority of those guys. As you called one guy, I think you missed maybe Robert Garris. Garrigus. He seems to love playing these resort events. I think the last the events he's played, all like the last four, have all been like you know in the Caribbean, like Puerto Rico or Corrales or something like that. And he always makes a cut. Uh, so maybe that's one guy you could think of who's not going to be too popular. Who'll be down there at sixty six hundred? God, um, he's got all the conversation lately around live and everything like that. I can just see the headlines though, like short lived week on the PGA tour for Robert Garrigus as he moves on to the Saudi league. But I, I don't know. I, I just can't get behind it when, like I said, we're looking at 16 rounds. He pops like crazy. Yeah. People could go there. Yeah. If he keeps like, again, and what's his upside? Like, he, you know, 35th, 40th. It's the same thing I just said about Tway, but there's just a bunch of other guys above both of them that I would rather play. So if they, you know, if Tway slips in fine, but the, all those guys I mentioned above, like Malnati, Shank, um, even Lee Hodges has been playing better golf. Vincent Whaley, just all these guys, I think I would play before him and then take chances on guys like Lebiota, Taron, who played well last week, actually with his boy, David Skins there. And then even, like I said, Novak, Garnett, there's just other plays that I think I would go to. But lastly, before we move on, Kenny, just, you know, tying in the roster construction theme. If you want to go Rom, you could just skip some of the 9K guys because we know it's going to be popular with Woodland, Munoz, Wise, Champ, all those guys we talked about. Use ROM, don't even go into the 6K range or only go to like one or two guys in that upper 6K and it's the same thing and just build lineups that way or use these guys in the 9K range and then get a little bit different in the upper sevens. And again, you don't have to go heavily into the 6K range here. I just don't think you need to. All right, sounds good. Let's get the bets uh, for this week. I think I have five, uh, maybe maybe six. Let's see how we're going with this week. I'm going to start off with Cameron Champ, uh, 60 to one. Uh, Lanto Griffin, 70 to one. Scott Stallings, 80 to one. I did like your Smotherman call, 110 to one. Uh, Tyler Duncan, 150 to one. And what was it? I guess I missed Barnrat. I, I don't know. I guess I did bet Barnrat 200 to one down there. It's just a, uh, because the last couple of times I saw him play, he was playing pretty well. Yeah. He's a guy you never, you never know, right? Um, you know, it made me, now that you said Barnrat, though, it made me think of something else. Isn't Perez in this field? Yeah, Pat yeah. Perez is 7,500. We always like, you and I talk about this all the time with him. We like him on a little desert style or like a, a sort of coastal resort style course. So I uh, could go back to some Pat Perez as well. But my betting card is probably all the guys that will end up being bad DFS plays, but Woodland, 25. So here's the deal. I bet Berger out of the gate. I made a special GIF, everything, put it together. Like I thought people would be like, Rom's going to ship this thing. I'm like, no, I want Berger in these weaker fields. You and I talk about this all the time in the past. This was going to be a spot for Berger. And then, of course, he, uh, he withdraws early on. But because on uh, the site that I use, you can just cash the money out and put it onto the next bet before, or they would have canceled it anyway. But I cashed it out, immediately got in on the Woodland number before and Wise before things changed. So I got Woodland 25, I got Wise 35. Some even got better numbers today and, and this week in general, even when you're listening to this, is a better week to shop around. There's a lot of good numbers out there. Like uh, some weeks, certain sites don't have good numbers, other weeks, they do. So Check it out. Do it that way. But uh, Woodland 25, Wise 35, Stallings 80, Ortiz 100, Smalley 110, and Svensson 110 for a little six-pack there. And I think we're due for a winner. We, we haven't, like, when, I don't know when the last time we had a bets winner. We had a little bit of a run. Well, you just hit one. Like, yeah, you, I think it was like a month. One. It's been within a month for me. Yeah, you were describing how you're going to hit the record this season of what your yeah, original yeah, yeah, goal yeah, yeah, was. Yeah. So 
Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm anti-sweating that now because I talk shit, but I also <laughs> talked shit about Scotty Scheffler and said he would come second a bunch. And that turned out to be Will Zalatoris that it needed to be that. Now I've been right about Zalatoris. So we'll see until he starts winning tournaments as well. Yeah, he's going to win soon. Oh, yeah. Zalatoris is good. He's going he's gonna to win soon. There's no doubt in my mind about Zalatoris. I thought, I thought he was going to win last week just because I know it was a very popular bet and everyone loved the, the team, the old pitchers and things like that of him and Riley. But it just seemed so perfect for him to win a team event, almost like how Xander won a team event. It's just that's pitcher perfect at the end of the week because people still talk shit about stroke play events, even though Xander, like you said, has a winning resume. It just there's all there's it's easier to poke holes into his resume because of situational stuff like that. And it would have been very easy if Zalatoris and Riley had a one to say, yeah, but Zalatoris needed Riley to get the job done for him. So you know, it would have been fun. We'll see. Zalatoris is definitely going to win on tour soon. I think people make fun of me for that and take, you know, think I'm dead serious. Like this guy's the worst player or something. I always say it. I don't like betting him at like 15 to one and 18 to one because I just I don't think that's a good number. And I don't care that much if he wins at that number. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I would not want to bet Zalatoris in that number either. It just depends on the field. I mean, you know, how it looks. But I mean, but mainly know, I'm just making fun of people that you know bet. Most people, I, like I, think, I think that's what his number is going to be. Yeah, I think that's the number. What his number is going to be when he wins is going to be around that. But then that's what I, I'm saying. So that, then people are like standing by it, like, oh, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. And it's like, so the week you hit it, you bet a hundred bucks on six guys. He that's six hundred dollars. He's ten to one or twelve to one or eighteen to one or whatever the number is. And once you cut down that $600 on 18 to one, it's like you hit a three to one winner for the week. And it happened to be the week Zalatoris. Like don't miss out on the week. Zalatoris pays you out at three to one is essentially what they're saying. And so I just don't care. I, I'm never getting up for that. Yeah. Well, uh, fuck Zalatoris. I'm done right now. I'm good for this pod. Let's go ahead and finish this up. You can find me on gupscorner.com. Find my article there every week. You can find me on Twitter at Kendo VT. Yeah, one and done. I've got uh, Woodland or Fino. If you, if you don't want to, uh, you know, if you want to find a spot to play Fino, maybe you want to play him here, right? Get a little bit of a hedge on if you don't want to use him in DFS. I mean, Rom, you can definitely use if you've got him. I don't think many people will have Rom. If they do, probably save him for a major, a bigger event. But there is that side of the coin that says play him at a, an easy event where he could win it. But it's, you know, what we talked about and what Kenny said, maybe it's not the spot. So make your own decision on Rom. I like a Woodland or a Fino um, one and done. Find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. You guys see it every week. Put the thread out. Uh, do me a favor. I put that thread out every week. It takes a little bit of time. If you, you know, a lot of good support on it. People love having all the information in one place, but just retweet it, right? Send it out to other people. It's free. You can read it all. It's just an information thread. So you get everything you can in there, but I like doing it. I think it's good for me, helpful for me as well, just to have all the information in one place. And then other than that, you can find me on runpuresports.com. Head on over there, get signed up. We got a lot of stuff, all sports, one price. And we've got everything going on right now. MLB. NBA playoffs, MMA cards, there's F1, USFL, literally every sport on top of the golf cr- content that we've been continuing to crush with. So head on over to rumpiersports.com, code DGEN50, D-E-G-E-N, 5-0, get yourself 50% off your first month. Forgot one and done, I like Cameron Champ. I'm going to go out with him uh, this week, bombing out there and get that W. Uh, all right, so new week, I'm back. Don't worry, I'm good to go. Good. Let's have a strong rest of the season. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation.